The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, friends, it took from 8.15 p.m. on Christmas night, not that it matters, your friendly resident Hebrew over here, uh, until 1 in the morning, with no success, by the way, and then again from 7.25 this morning until 9.25 this morning to finally sort through the latest in a string of Windows Update-related mishaps. I am so beyond irritated with Windows Update. I cannot put it into words. I'm so far behind as a result. I mean, what is that? Almost seven hours? That's almost seven hours. I had these grand plans to uh, clean up my downloads folder and uh, sort through this massive pile of important documents that's been accumulating to my right here, because many of you know I record the podcast from a uh, comfortable corner of my bedroom. Uh, but instead, I spent all of the time I could have spent with uh, my wife and my child last night uh, working on my computer, and then this morning, I did the parenting genius move and put on a cartoon so that I could mess with the computer some more, and I tried everything. And I was, and I don't know if you guys are Windows users out there, but reformatting computers is not easy anymore because they don't send you the operating system information. So unless when you first get your computer, you go to the Microsoft Windows site and you ask them to set up a recovery drive, uh, you won't have one. Back in the old days, man, back on Windows XP, if something went wrong with my computer and I couldn't solve it in two to three hours, I just wiped the sucker clean and started over. Can't do that anymore. They try to make the world easy by taking away things that we can do. It drives me nuts. Anyway, we're back. I checked repeatedly. It looks like the audio levels are actually functioning properly. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that I've got the, the, the right noise for you guys. And I think I do. I think we're basically there. I'll be adjusting a little bit on the fly with this podcast. But honestly, at this point, I just didn't want you guys to have to wait any longer. So we're getting it rolling. Um, if I distort ever so slightly once in a while, don't worry. I'll have that sorted out by the next podcast. But we're ready to go. For the day after Christmas, it's Fantasy NBA Today. And I think it sounds right. I am Dan Bespris. I, you know, I know you guys hate when I do this stuff at the beginning of the show, and I've done, I think, a really good job lately of just diving straight in, you know, aside from telling you the name of the show and presenting sponsor, our buddies over at Hawaiian Isles, Kota Coffee Company, and my own Twitter handle, at Dan Bespris. I think I've gotten into the show pretty quick, usually within one to two minutes lately. But uh, today, I just have so much beef with this Windows Update situation that I can't, I can't stop myself from griping about it for a while here at the beginning of the show. I tried so many damn things to get this to work right. I tried so many things, guys, and I couldn't get rid of basically what sounded like a a condenser had been put on the the audio. Meaning sorry, compressor. Compressor is the word. Condenser is a type of microphone. A compressor had been put on the audio where for some reason it wasn't recording the high and the low end stuff. You guys lost all my 
you know, I was practicing some shows to make sure the audio sounded right while I was doing all this stuff. And you couldn't hear when I got excited. You couldn't hear when I try to drop down and do the deep voice stuff. Nothing was coming through. It was just this weird, very narrow mid-range. Windows uh, used to have what, you know, these built-in noise cancellation or noise reduction stuff that you could turn off that usually would fix that. But that setting doesn't exist anymore. It's just permanently on. So in hour seven here, I found some random forum post instructing me... uh, it was, it was a method to try to get this enhancements tab back where you could turn off various noise reduction stuff. Uh, I, I, I found this random forum post that helps you like roll back audio drivers to a weird built-in iteration instead of ones that are coming with the update. And that worked, I think. Provided this actually sounds right, which it did in my headset when I checked before starting. So anyway... I figured we had a couple of minutes at the outset here because we're going over just the five games from Christmas and then we'll get you situated as we sort of roll back into normalcy. Six games tonight, so it's not exactly a big card. Uh, I figured today's show would be a little bit on the the slow side um, just in terms of, I'm guessing not all of you are going to be listening to it. Maybe you'll get around to it over time. But historically, the shows just before uh, and just after Christmas are not the most well-trafficked in the history of our podcast. Um, so we'll keep it relatively short. We'll, we'll try to blitz through some of this stuff. I honestly don't remember. I should have gone back, but, you know, given I just spent seven hours trying to fix the my recording software or hardware, as it turned out, uh, I didn't go back and listen to yesterday's show. I believe I gave out all five underdogs as my sides, which started off 0-1, and then Philly, Golden State, the Clippers, and the Pelicans all covered. Um... They all won outright, by the way. The the four underdogs after Boston thwomped Toronto in another blowout. Poor Raptors. They're just they're really cut down to their prime these days. Uh, all four remaining underdogs won outright. Philly was a three point dog. They won. Houston uh, was an eleven point favorite. Golden State won. Lakers, Clippers. I mean that one was basically a coin flip, and and that's what it turned out to be. Clippers hit a big shot late. Lakers missed a couple of open threes. LeBron hurt his groin. Blah blah blah. And then the Pelicans. Two big upsets on Christmas Day. So we went four and one on sides yesterday, right? I'm fairly certain I gave out all five dogs. And then I think I gave out four out of five unders, if I'm not mistaken. And that was uh, the first one missed because of like a 65.4th quarter. Um, The second one hit by one point. No, that's not right. That one missed as well. Third one covered... Fourth one covered, fifth one covered. So unders all went three and two. So I believe that's what I did. You guys can correct me. It's possible I'm getting that wrong. I might have given out one over. Did I do one over and four unders? Which one did I say I thought was going to go over? I don't recall. I, I believe I did all five unders and all five underdogs. Um, and uh, if that's indeed the case, then that went seven and three. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, Toronto, the only underdog that lost yesterday. And that's the magic of Christmas, man. It's They're weird games. Teams don't come ready. We learned a few things, but a lot of it is just assessing motivation. By the way, uh, when we get to that Warriors game, I have some, I have some great thoughts. I think they're great. <laughs> you guys might disagree with me on that one. Um, I have what I think are interesting thoughts 
on Warriors Rockets. But let, let's um, let's get to that point first. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Boston, Toronto, uh, Gordon Hayward made his return, and it was a good one. I actually had him benched because I figured his minutes would be depressed. I didn't know if how his foot was going to fare. And, and yes, his minutes were down, but that's because it was a uh, pretty solid blowout. They actually gave... Uh, Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown a couple extra minutes in this game I was surprised considering Boston was up uh, about 20 points late Toronto went to their sort of B squad and it didn't make any difference I mean this was sort of what worked against the Mavericks Chris Boucher saw extra run in this one oddly enough it, it was a different collection of of bodies it was Chris Boucher and Terrence Davis along with Freddie Van Fleet Kyle Lowry and Patrick McCaw that ended up playing a bunch in the fourth quarter. So kudos to you guys if, if you had Boucher for this one. The alternating blowout games and not blowout games has been too much for me to handle, and it's why I think going into the ball game, I said I, I didn't really want either of them. And obviously, if, if you rent that route, then you missed out on Boucher's game, but you also missed out on, on Rondé having a slower one. I, I don't think that this is the norm. I think the norm will be Serge Ibaka coming back in if they're not getting blown out. Call me crazy. I feel like people are rolling out the Mission Accomplished banner way too early on this dude. Um, I remain unconvinced. It's a great. It was a great ball game. Make no mistake. Yeah, he's had two really good ones and two really ugly ones, and that's fine. I mean, that's that's enough to get him inside the top 100 with two good ones, two bad ones. He's like right around top 90 over the last week with those four games. Um. But alternating good and bad is a tough way to fly. When they're getting blown out, he plays big minutes. When they're not, he hasn't. I, I just don't trust it. I know that they have another one with Boston coming right up here in two days. I expect that game will be uh, closer, probably more surge. Oklahoma City on a back-to-back. That game should be uh, well-contested. Cleveland, they might blow them out, actually. So maybe you do get a, another Boucher game there. In any event. You guys know how I stand on this stuff. Uh, Gordon Hayward was really the 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 side that I was keeping an eye on, and he looked good. 14 points, 5 boards, 6 assists, 2 steals and a block, 2 three-pointers. He looked like himself, even with more defensive stats. So, I think you can roll him back out there. Also of note, Ennis Cantor, who I believe would have played another 3 or 4 minutes in the 4th quarter if this was closer had a double-double in only 18 minutes. I mean, he is a rebounding fiend because no one else on that Boston team can get a board. His ability to rebound is so far beyond that of anybody else on the team that when he gets in there against second units, he's just chewing them up. So I'm in favor of a Cantor ad if you haven't done so. He's not my most interesting ad of the day, and we will get to that, so fear not on that front. Milwaukee at Philadelphia. This is this game. I thought was interesting. I know it was a blowout as well. It ended as a twelve-point game, but it was it was far larger than that for the vast majority. A couple of things that stood out. Number one, George Hill no longer misses shots. He's been he's been incredible, and I think he's a must-start guy, particularly while Eric Bledsoe is out. We don't know exactly how long that is, but George Hill's shooting fifty-six percent on the year. As, uh, and 53 from downtown. It's crazy. He's putting up big man-style percentages on the field goal side and little man-style percentages on free throws. He got a block in yesterday's game. His arms are long enough where when he's out there for 22 to 28 minutes, 
he's probably going to get a defensive stat. So it's not a big a big get. But it's enough to sort of carry where he does have some shortcomings. He's not going to get a ton of rebounds, not with Giannis out there. Uh, and he'll usually sort of luck into two or three assists. But I think you got to use him. He's number 95 on the year. Over the last month, he's number 62. Mind-boggling that he's not 100% owned at this point. Because we don't know when Bledsoe's coming back. Much as I love Eric Bledsoe, his status is incredibly nebulous right now. So George Hill's got to be in your mix. More than Dante DiVincenzo, who we've said will plod along, blah, blah, blah. But he is less interesting among those two guys. Hill has the better fantasy game. Philly side, uh, someone asked me on Twitter, and I'm not going to call out any names because these types of questions pop up. Hey, is Joel Embiid coming around? And I had to say, guy, he's he's around. He's number seven over the last month. Over the last month, he's shooting 49% from the field, hitting 87% of almost 10 free throws a game, 25, 13, three and a half, almost a steal and one and a half blocks, only three turnovers and a three-pointer. He's been outstanding. Mid-first round value over the last month. He's more than come around. If there's anyone in your league that hasn't noticed this, that would surprise me, by the way, then, yeah, you should be attempting to get him. But we said that weeks ago. And go get Joel Embiid. He's going to miss a few games here and there, but he was obviously bottomed out. It wasn't going to stay in, you know, top 40 for the entire season. He's been terrific. Again, Seven over the last month, 11 overall on the year, and that's with the field goal percent trending up. Ben Simmons was solid. Tobias Harris was solid. Al Horford was solid. Josh Richard was solid. Uh, even Furkan Korkmaz was solid. He had four defensive stats. That is unsustainable, however. So, no, you're probably not buying into that anymore. Uh, Daniel House. Hello again, our old friend. Daniel House, five three-pointers. That was a sight for sore eyes. A steal, a block. Took 15 shots in that ballgame. He actually has nine threes over his last two. He's played 70, sorry, 67 minutes. I was going to round up to 70 uh, over his last two ball games, And he's settling back in. Now, here's, here's the, the footnote on this thing. I am very excited about this game, but I'm also a little bit concerned about this game for two very large reasons. Number one... Somehow, P.J. Tucker didn't take more than six shots, which boggles the mind. But number two, Golden State employed a defense that not every team can do. The fact that they have Draymond Green allowed a lot of what this particular scheme was. But they were sending two guys at Harden, basically the second he got across half court. Don't let him get into the offense. Trap him extremely far away from the hoop. Make him give up the ball. Just don't let him be the guy that orchestrates the offense. Now, in most scenarios, that's a strategy that should allow someone else on the team to be wide the bleep open. Because if you send two guys to Harden 35 feet away from the bucket, there's three guys trying to defend four dudes that can go anywhere they want on the floor. The Warriors were able to pull this off largely because Draymond Green was able to guard a few different kind of quadrants of the court. He looked as active in yesterday's game as at any point all season long. You had, I mean, you knew Draymond was going to come a little irritated with, with Houston. Um, 
Yeah, it led to a ton of open looks for the Rockets, and that's why you saw Daniel House taking 15 shots because Harden had to give up the ball, and House was just unguarded half the time. There are multiple possessions where there wasn't a Warrior within like 12 feet of the shooter, and uh, unfortunately for the Rockets, a lot of the time, that shooter was Russell Westbrook, who had 30 points on 32 shots. By the way, he made all eight of his free throws. I That's... That completely sorted itself out this year in a wild Hassan Whiteside-related twist. It didn't really allow Clint Capella to get going because his connection is generally with James Harden. So his there wasn't really the, the pick and roll or you know him working off of Harden ISO. It relied on the other guys to make the proper passes, proper reads, we the hope was that Westbrook could do it, and the Warriors kind of dared him, say, hey, you run this offense, and he couldn't really do it. I wonder if we'll see other teams try this. Not Again, not every team has the personnel to pull it off. The Warriors have played the Rockets enough where they sort of knew these little things, but I think the make Westbrook and company beat you method is probably your best bet. Because there's a higher likelihood that those guys stink on a given night than James Harden stinks. Back in the old days, it was like, well, you know, let the superstar get get 40 because then nobody else will get going. It's kind of an, a played-out adage. If your superstar is James Harden and if you let him get his, it could be 60. And it could be heavily at the free throw line, which puts you in foul trouble, which, by the way, Warriors were not in foul trouble. And I know the Rockets are going to be like, hey, he drove you know, 12 times and didn't get fouled. Yeah, Warriors were just, they were clever. They were clever, man. They played a, they played a smart game. They just said, look, we're not going to let this one guy beat us. We're not going to let him get, it, get us into foul trouble. We're not going to let him open up the rim. We're not going to get those points for the Rockets when the game is stopped. Not surprisingly, this ballgame did stay under the total. If he's not getting to the free throw line a bunch of times, it's not going over 230. Okay, so that was something. Did other teams pay attention to this ballgame? I don't know. I doubt it. I think a lot of teams are just going to do whatever the hell they do all the time. It was just kind of cool to see a team, especially a bad one this year. The Warriors have been bad. Uh, go out there and, and try something. It's like, you know what? We're going to defend this this way. We're not just going to do what we always do. Kudos to a bad Warriors team. Also of note in this ballgame, and obviously playing the Rockets' uh, puff pastry defense helps, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, who I continue to love as a kind of defensive specialist big man, way underappreciated at this point. He's number 81 on the year. Uh, His ownership went way up yesterday. He was actually under 50% owned going into Christmas Day, which is mind-boggling because over the last month, he's number 71. Uh, shooting 59% over that month, one and a half steals, almost two blocks a game, six and a half rebounds. There's just, there's not going to be any Kevon Looney. We can move past that. And, uh, you know, for Willie Colley Stein, he's, he's settled in beautifully. He has 10 blocks and four steals over his last three games. You go to the previous three, he has three blocks and 10 steals. He's just doing it in both. And he's not even the most interesting story from the Warriors side. Neither is D'Angelo Russell, nor is Draymond Green, who had a nice double-double, shot the ball well, looked aggressive. The story on the Warriors' side is Damian Lee, who we did talk about on this podcast. I just want everybody to remember why you guys listen to Fantasy NBA today, because after that game against Minnesota, where he had 14-7, and 7, 
I looked down and I said, what was that, on Monday's show? I think I said, who the hell is Damian Lee? And then we looked it up live on air. We pulled up his stats from Atlanta three years ago and got an idea for what his kind of the his fantasy profile might be. I guess it's two and a half years ago. He had Atlanta. He was 11 points, five boards in 27 minutes, 1.3 steals, so pretty good numbers on the defensive side. And that wasn't even there with the Warriors so far. And then all of a sudden, he went nuts. Obviously, that game is a massive outlier. He's not going to grab 15 rebounds. He's not going to score 22 points most games. But he has broken 20 in three of their last six games. Only one game in there wasn't what you'd call a good one. He was in foul trouble against Portland. Uh, he's rebounding because he's sort of a long guard. He's listed as a guard, but frankly, he's a wing. Let's let's be clear here. He's 6'5", 210. He's not like 6'1". He's a wing. Uh, he doesn't shoot that many three-pointers, so if that's what you're hunting for, you're probably only going to get one to one and a half per game. He's a very good foul shooter. He's turned himself into a terrific free-throw shooter. He's actually made uh, his last 21 free-throws in a row, I believe. And then the three steals are also a little bit on the high side, although, as we saw with Atlanta, that's probably due for leveling off here a bit. Steals were kind of low his first few games with the Warriors. He also has staying power because he's young, and if the Warriors do indeed start shutting bodies down, it looks like he'll just stick. So I'm picking up Damian Lee in an incredible twist. I am dropping a handful of guys to do it. Uh, number one, I had some some uh, streamers that I was able to cut loose. You know, I had a Gorgie Jang in one spot. I got rid of him because I think Cat's coming back soon. Uh, I had a Jalen Brunson in one spot, so I was able to get rid of him. Um, relatively easy decisions, I think, by all accounts. It, with the exception of maybe one, I think there's like one spot where I really had to think about it. But considering you know how many there wasn't a whole lot going on 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 Christmas Day, that was a pretty sweet find. Now we were waiting for it. We were just sitting there waiting for it. Oh, I had Delon Wright in one spot as well. That was the that was the other one. Delon Wright was the one that I had to think about it a little bit. Um, so pretty remarkable. I, I don't know that, so, so this is where I run into a little bit of, of trouble. I don't know that I'm comfortable immediately dropping him into my lineups because it's still not perfectly clear what his fantasy outlook is going to be. I mean, he, he, you know, he's a 41% career shooter for and a 41 and a half rather. Uh, but the rebounds are nice. You know, if he's going to get 30 minutes a game, it looks like he'll get up around six rebounds or so which is pretty damn good for someone listed as a guard oh shooting guard right isn't that what he's listed as on yahoo and with the warriors they're playing high scoring games so they want to pass he'll get a few assists while he's out there looks like two to three per game so that'll float you and uh you know what if he can get over one steal a game while he's scoring cool because you know draymond doesn't want to shoot very much so I'm adding him in a handful of spots. I think that's fun. I think it could also fall apart on a whim. Uh, but, I mean, this is we saw the starters go in this ballgame. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the first man to lose minutes out of that collection. I, I, you know, Glenn Robinson has some to lose. They could go small. Uh, Draymond is not going to play 34 minutes every game. There's plenty of other places. And Eric Pascal, I know he re-injured himself in this one. He was playing a bigger spot on the floor. 
So I'm not that worried about it as of this moment. It seems like they really want to roll him out there, and obviously they played better with him. They've actually won three games in a row, by the way. Quietly here. Not that it not that it really matters. They've lost pretty much every game prior to that three-game win streak. But the Warriors now are 8-24. and They're only a game back of the Pelicans, who've also won two in a row. And they're gaining ground on the lowly Timberwolves. <laughs> but they played 32 games, so there's that loss column separation. Regardless, they're playing better. They're competitive. I know their competition's been kind of flimsy prior to this Houston win. Um, but it's something. And thanks to this ball game, over the last week, he's number 16. Don't get used to that. But there is some top 80 potential there. More than likely, he'll settle more into the 100 range, but you just never know. With a guy that can shoot free throws and rebound from off-kilter rebounds from a guard spot, yeah, you roll the dice, see what the hell happens. Especially with a bad team, because there's always this, there's this question mark. You don't know what might actually be the final result. Clippers-Lakers was fun, but there wasn't anything from a fantasy perspective. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, both a bit dinged up. It sounds like Bron might miss a game or two here and there. I would expect a couple of streaming opportunities for uh, Rajon Rondo. One thing I did like about this game is they only played Rondo 20 minutes. Cal Kuzma actually looked pretty good in this one. It was LeBron who didn't look very good. And he's blaming it on the groin thing. I think he just had an off game. Um, if he plays better, Lakers probably win. Honestly, if KCP hits one of those wide-open shots down the stretch, they probably win... He made his shots earlier in the game, and then and Danny Green missed a few down the stretch. I was a little surprised, actually, to see Danny Green in this ballgame late. I know he played okay. It just felt like there were other guys that could have made a bigger impact. Maybe even go big. Montrezl Harrell was beating you up a little bit. Because the Lakers did a number on everybody except Kawhi Leonard. You know, the defense largely worked on everyone except Kawhi and Montrez. So it seemed like they probably needed someone more like a Dwight Howard out there. But he had five fouls, and so you get into that whole thing. In any event, great ball game, a lot of fun. Uh, this one still has Titans of the West written all over it when healthy, and we move along because there's nothing there from a uh, fantasy standpoint. Um, we'll go to the late one. Go to the late one. New Orleans winners at Denver. Brandon Ingram is still clobbering sticking in all of our mugs in the process because we kept saying, hey, sell high, get yourself a top 30 guy while you can, and he's actually moving up now. He's number 14. Congratulations, man. Brandon Ingram, you know what? He's turned the corner. He had seven bleeping three-pointers in this game. Who the hell is this kid? I mean, obviously the Lakers are better with Anthony Davis than they are with Brandon Ingram. Uh, largely because the other guys that they gave away in Lonzo Ball has really not made any headway. In fact, he almost looks like he's gotten worse. It feels weird, but it's a possibility. Um, Josh Hart outplayed J.J. Redick in this game, so he got 30 minutes. It's why he remains a hold. And then our favorite of the bunch, not really, but one of our favorites, Derek Favors, 30 minutes again. He's playing big minutes, and he's making a big impact. Eight points, 13 rebounds, eight assists in this game. That was weird. A steal, three blocks. He was mad, man. He was playing angry against Nikola Jokic. He did not want to be beaten up, and he actually held Jokic. I know Nikola had 23 and 10, but it took him 20 shots to get there. That's a testament to Derek Favors. 
That's not a testament to Jaleel Okafor, who only played 10 minutes off the bench, or Jackson Hayes, who played 7 minutes off the bench. That is a testament to Derek Favors and what he changes for that team when he's on the floor. They are just substantially better with Derek Favors in their lineup. Substantially better. With wins, three of their four wins, I mean, they're, they're, they went 3-1 and one on a road trip. The only game they lost was in Golden State. It's pretty weird, but, you know, admittedly, the Warriors are playing a tiny bit better right now. They beat crum- crummy Minnesota, they beat Portland, and now they beat Denver. That's a great road trip. And for Favors now, in the two games he's played 30 minutes, I mean, you could even lump in the game he played 27 minutes. He has six blocks over his last three games, two steals, 12 assists, 36 rebounds, and 30 points. 10 and 12 with, what did I just tell you, four assists in that stretch? I don't think that's going to hold. Two blocks? I love it. I love everything about it. It's a top 70 fantasy line. And I I honestly believe he could actually shoot the ball better. He's at 52% over that last week. Because of a 3-for-9 game against some good Nuggets centers. They've got another one coming up against Indiana with some tough centers in the mix. Lakers are on the docket shortly, but there's some Houston, some Sacramento. Uh, it's a good time to, to have Derek Favors. He's going to be trending up very hard right now. Uh, he's already up to number 132 on the year. That's up 25 slots from two games ago. I don't, I don't see any reason why he can't trend up by about 5 to 10 ranking slots per game right now. So just use it, enjoy it, and it's going to be fun. Gary Harris played well. Uh, I feel like I've said that twice recently, so now i got to look it up and see when that actually happened. Uh, yeah, two of his last three. The steals have been trending up. That's been a big reason he's climbed into the 120s in rankings. So if you held on this entire time, you're finally being rewarded with a whole bunch of... He has 13 steals in his last four games over the last week. If you played him every game up to that point... You have way more patience than I do. But he looks like he might be starting to turn a little corner here. Just slight uptick in usage. Still not seeing all the stuff that I like, but he's you know he's a better fantasy play than Jeremy Grant right now. A better fantasy play than a, bu- a bunch of guys that are being used. So I'm okay with you guys picking him back up if, if he was dropped. I'm not super excited about it. I mean, hell, I might use him over J.J. Redick right now who's fighting for his minutes with Josh Hart. Redick actually played okay in yesterday's game, and he still ended up losing minutes to uh, Ball and Hart. And stupid bleeping Etwan Moore, who keeps getting in there somehow. So, fun Christmas Day! We uh, we had uh, success with our wagers, success with our fantasy, and uh, now we'll turn our attention to the Thursday evening card. By the way, hopefully you guys got in with us on those wagers, but if you didn't, Fear not, because you still can. We're going to be doing this all season long, and our new betting podcast coming out in about two weeks will really get into the mix, even more than we do here on Fantasy NBA Today. In fact, once that show starts, we're basically going to stop talking a ton of betting. Maybe we'll do like one or two quick nuggets per show, uh, but we'll have another one that's dedicated to it. If you're going to bet with us, do it at mybookie.ag. In fact, I, I, I you love it, man. Just... Grab 50, 100 bucks, whatever. Open up an account with promo code TODAY. T-O-D-A-Y is the promo code. You've heard me say it before. MyBookie.ag. They have the fastest payouts, the best promos, 
And this is my favorite part. I know this is this is stupid that this is my favorite, but it is 24-7 customer service because when a place handles your money, they need to be reachable. Remember that maybe you don't. I do. I mean doing I've been doing the the online <clears throat> well, let's not, you know, get into the specifics of it. But suffice it to say I worked for pregame uh, dot com back in the 2008 2010 range and so you know that was a time when these these online offshores were really screwy and there was like minimal oversight and it was all under uh, sort of this under this umbra- under this cover that's not the case anymore my bookies come out and they've said look we want to be the mainstream we want to be the place that you guys talk about and you say that's a legitimate business that cares about us and they have. The customer service has been a big, big deal. So use that promo code T-O-D-A-Y when you open up in a new account. They'll give you a sweet uh, deposit bonus. I believe it's a 50% deposit bonus right now. And then you can bet with us. You would have won 7 out of 10 wagers yesterday, I think, if I'm getting that right. MyBookie.ag. Bet. Win. Get paid. Six-game Thursday card. Washington is at Detroit. This will be the second game uh, of the Isaiah Thomas suspension, so if you want to stream some of those weirdo wizards, you have my blessing to do so. For Detroit, I believe uh, Blake Griffin is going to try to go. Luke Kennard is out for two weeks, so that'll mean uh, a little bit extra for Derek Rose, who feels like a pretty good and safe play these days with all of his warts and what have you, no three-pointers mainly. Uh, that should be a pretty easy one to roll out there. New York is in Brooklyn. The battle for New York the day after Christmas. Battle for LA was the big one. Knicks have actually been a tiny bit better lately. Um, I think the only thing we're really watching here is, is Alfred Payton staying in the starting lineup? Because if he is, well, then you got to use him. Because he has over 10 assists in each of his last two games. Uh, over the last two weeks, he's averaging 8.3 assists. Which, by the way... Over those two weeks, eight and a half assists. He's still outside the top 100, so he's a little bit more specialisty. But again, you get him into that starting lineup. Not only does that mean high assists, but it'll get you a few more steals, a few more rebounds, which he does well. He's not going to score much, uh, and you just have to hope that his percentages don't hurt you too bad. You hope that every once in a while he comes through with a better shooting game to kind of balance it out. He's not going to be like a top 75 guy, not with those big warts, bad percentages. Both of them are not good for him. Never has been. He had one year in Orlando where he shot 52%, and that uh, definitely the outlier when you look at every other season, which is 42 and change, 43 and change, 47, 43 and change, 43 and change, 39. So, yeah. Um, I think I think we have a pretty good idea of what he is. So let's hope that 39 gets up to 43 or 45, somewhere in that range. The free throw number is not good, but he barely shoots any. And then you just hope that he floats things with assists and steals. It's doable. It's doable. If that shooting percentage comes up 4-ish percent um, and the assists are in the eights, he'll get inside the top 100, but barely. Memphis at Oklahoma City. Not much to pay attention to here. Thunder have had a nice long rest. We'll see how that plays out. Dennis Schroeder's been playing really well lately. Got off to kind of a, a wonky start, but he's settled in. But from a fantasy perspective, there's not much here. San Antonio at Dallas. Sounds like Luka Doncic is probably going to go. He's still questionable, but he went through 
pretty much their entire practice and shoot around two days ago. So I would assume that means he's most more than likely going to get in there. I might actually consider a Dallas fade in this ball game, which feels terrifying considering how bad the Spurs have been all season long and uh, how good Luka Doncic has been. And the fact they're getting him back feels like a big deal and they lost two of the four games without him. But if he plays, I'm pretty sure I'm fading that for a couple key reasons. Number one, we love to fade when superstars come back because there's usually a game where the guys that were doing more slide back into roles that make a little bit less sense. And number two, the Spurs have actually been a tiny bit better lately and no one's really noticed. You know, they haven't been good by any stretch, but remember they beat the Clippers back at the end of November? And it seemed like nothing, because then they lost in Detroit in a blowout the next day. And LaMarcus Aldridge sat out a couple of games. They beat Houston, Sacramento, and then they lost in Cleveland. To Cleveland, actually. That was a home game. They have these lapses. But overall, they've been better. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six wins. Four loss. You know, six and four their last ten. So it's not, it's not a big thing. But it's, it's there. They played better against Memphis. They played pretty well against Brooklyn. They lost a heartbreaker to Houston. They won in Phoenix. You know, there are some games in there where they've been downright acceptable. Because I think they put up a pretty good fight in this ballgame. LaMarcus has been playing well lately. DeRozan, a little better. And then DeJounte Murray's been the big deal for me. So I think Dallas favored by 6.5. It almost feels too easy. Let's see if that line shifts at all if we get final word on Doncic. But, but I would lean to the Spurs side. Uh, fantasy perspective, you know, Murray still the, the guy to watch in San Antonio. I, I think they're a three horse sleigh. Is that the, probably the right vehicle to use this time of year? And for Dallas, if Doncic is playing, obviously you drop all those peripheral guys, Minnesota at Sacramento, the craptacular wolves. Will they get Carl Anthony towns back is the real question. I don't know. I actually haven't heard anything about it yet today. Presumably, we'll get an update later on. In fact, the only thing we've heard so far today is that Kennard is going to miss two weeks for Detroit, and Davis Bertans is still out for Washington. That's like the only news that's surfaced so far on uh, the 26th of the morning. Must be the day after Christmas. Beat writers are like, whatever, it's not, uh, it's not shoot around yet. I'll figure it out. And then Portland is in Utah. These are always good ball games. Um... Although I think there was one blowout last year. Portland with uh, a... Car- Carmelo's actually been good. I mean, he's really been good. I did say I thought he'd be... Well, I mean, when he first signed, I said, no chance he's a 9-cat guy. And then we saw him play a few games, and I said, okay, fringe 9-cat guy. The one thing that we need to watch out for here is the steals and blocks, there's no way they stay that high. He's at 2.1 combined steals and blocks on the year. Do you guys want to know the last time Carmelo Anthony averaged a combined 2.1 combined steals and blocks? You ready? Never! He's been in the NBA since my sophomore year, junior year of college. Shoot, that's almost 20 years ago. Oh, God. Uh... And he has never averaged 2.1 combined steals and blocks. Career high was with New York in 2013 when he played 39 minutes a game and averaged 1.9.
combined steals and blocks. Those numbers are coming down. I know that 30 minutes a game, 30, 30 and a half, is a good number for him. Uh, but there's no chance that those stay that high, and that is going to put a dent into him. The other stuff is good. Medium volume, good free throw numbers. He's rebounding well, which you figured he would uh, on a team that legitimately has only one dude that rebounds in Hassan Whiteside. Uh, the field goal percent is good enough. Not great, not horrible, not killing you there. And he's hitting one and a half three-pointers a game, which is fine. He's doing it on a good clip. He's back down where he was in his uh, middle New York days where he wasn't taking six of them a game. So that's all good. Um, but be, be warned that the 86 ranking he's sitting on right now is floated by defensive stats that are not sustainable. I still like him as a points, rebounds, and free throw percent kind of specialist, um, but you're, you're not going to get those defensive stats, and so that number is going to come down. It has to. It's a fun story, but it has to. And then on the Utah side, you know, we have no update on Mike Conley, so just uh, keep trotting out your whatever, <laughs> Joe Ingles, etc., and uh, whatever. There you set. And that's our show for today. Uh, we'll wrap up the week tomorrow with our Friday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. We'll do our weekend preview, week in review, and so on and so forth. And, of course, after I said we were going to do a quick short show, we're up over 40 minutes anyway because that's just how we roll on this bad boy. I'll try to be on Twitter a little bit more today. Just grateful that I got these stupid audio issues sorted out. Uh, folks, if you're looking to give me a holiday present Drop a five-star review on the podcast. Ah, see what I did there? Uh, head to iTunes or head to your friend's iTunes or grab a phone or grab your boyfriend or girlfriend's phone. I think people of both genders listen to this podcast. And all different uh, sexual preferences as well. I do not discriminate. I want five-star reviews from everybody. So grab your phone, grab whoever's phone, grab uh, your, your fam with your family, grab your, uh, your grandma's phone because... Lord knows she doesn't know how to use it. Set her up an iTunes account and rate and review Fantasy NBA today. Drop a five-star. Write something nice about it as well. If you feel so inclined, if you've got that extra 60 seconds in your thumbs to type it out, you can do it by going to podcast on your Apple mobile device, searching for Fantasy NBA today, clicking on the show title, and then scrolling down to the bottom. Uh, a reminder, once again, if you guys want to get involved with us here at Hoopball, you can hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful post-Thanksgiving uh, did I say Thanksgiving? Post-Christmas hangover day, uh, and then we'll uh, maybe get back to normalcy at some point soon. Who the hell knows? We go Monday through Friday regardless. I'm Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.